Believe you me, you're not going to want to miss today's episode. Hello, and welcome to the Grace of Giving podcast. We're your hosts, James Riley and Grace Brosniewski. Well, folks, we're getting the band back together on today's show. That's right, G. We've been wanting to have our next guest join for quite some time. He's a great colleague and even better friend. Please help us welcome to the show Director of Giving Programs and Marketing Operations on the annual giving team, Brandon Tabor. Brandon, thanks for joining us. Hey, happy to be here. Uh, Happy to be talking with you again, James and Grace, two great friends. Mm -hmm. Love you both. Oh, we love you too, man, no doubt. Now, you and I, among the many things we have in common, both grew up around Notre Dame. Can you tell us about your childhood and in and around South Bend? Yeah, I grew up in the Chicagoland area, moved here when I was about four with my mom and sisters, and I lived here until my, you know, my 20s, went to high school at Penn, um, Hmm. spent the weekends in Chicago with my dad, and uh, really kind of, you know, as a lot of people say, grew up under the shadow of the Golden Dome, but James, as you remember, maybe back then it was like, Notre Dame wasn't really like a place like a townie would go, so... um, I had never gone to a, I had gone to one football game um, in my childhood and never went tailgating once. Maybe I just didn't have enough friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was, there was definitely a barrier between the community and the university. And I think we've done such a, you know, just a great job of now kind of blending the line between the, the two communities. And I think a lot of more, a lot more community people are uh, welcome to come onto the university's campus. Totally, totally. And, and my dad went to Notre Dame. So, um, nice. you know, he, when he comes to campus, he's just, he talks about the transformation, as people always do when they visit Notre Dame after a long time. But, uh, you know, it's just amazing to be a part of this uh, this transformation that Notre Dame has been going through. Uh, but, yeah, South Bend is South Bend is is home for me. And, uh, uh, you know, it's it's hard to imagine a better place because you're your proximity to major cities you got silver beach and all the water right here mm-hmm. and uh and and this amazing university that we get to live right next to so yeah i, I enjoy it here i wonder if you and james ever crossed paths like before you <laughs> knew each other those destiny type things. I, I often think that too just with other people here in the in the department uh, i think we had tashana kenny on on the podcast uh, about a month or two ago and I right. told her, I said, I think we've crossed paths here on campus, and we just didn't even know it. That's right, because she, I listened to her episode, and she had done some program on campus, right? That's right, Upward Bound, yep. Yeah. And I, I yeah. did the same thing, and like I said, I think we were in the same classroom, and just, you know, life is like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, another thing, uh, Brandon, you and James have in common is a great passion for drumming. Um, yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about how you got started with the instrument and um, a little bit about your time on the road with your band? Yeah, of course. And, and here's the best thing about drummers. When, when, when you see two guitarists meet, the first thing, it's like, which one of us is better, you know? <laughs> and and like, there's always this like, little bit of competition. And then uh, I remember uh, I remember the day someone was like, Brandon, you and James, like we're in the hallway together at Eddie Street. They're like, yep. you're both drummers. And we were both like, yeah, what's up, man? <laughs> and so uh, we became like fast friends uh, through that. Never been a competition. I love I love James and I love jamming with him. But, uh, um, you know, I started playing drums in, in uh, I think it was fifth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, 
my uh, my mom, uh, or my, I guess my cousin rather, was a drummer. My uncle was a drummer. And one Christmas, they um, they were buying my cousin a new drum set. So they asked my mom if we wanted to buy his old one for like a hundred dollars. Wow. And Christmas morning, a couple presents were out. You know, we opened them, and my mom said, "Brandon, do you feel like you got enough presents?" And I think I was like. You know, I was young, so I was kind of like, I don't know. Like, I'd love to have some more. And she said, uh, why don't you go downstairs to this room and uh, uh, there's another gift for you. And I thought it would be a big stereo system, you know. And I opened this door and I loved playing drums at my cousin's house. You know, I always carried a pair of drumsticks around with me around the house and I tapped on everything. But I never had drums. And I opened the door and there's this red drum set and I just freaked out. <laughs> nice. It was like... Oh my gosh, I get to do this. And so I uh, immediately took my Walkman and I put in like just any CDs I had and just tried to figure out like how to play along. The long story short is um, it became like my just, it, it was a passion of mine that that uh, I followed more aggressively than anything else in the world. And I spent my time in high school uh, playing music with friends and things like that. And we ended up having a short I, you know, semi-professional career playing music. We, we released a, a couple albums on uh, on some record labels. I did some studio drumming for folks. Mm. There was a period where we were fortunate enough to tour for about 200 days a year, sleeping in our van, um, staying at Walmart parking lots, uh, jumping mm. the fence at Motel 6s to swim in the outdoor pool wow. so we could take showers. And uh, this was right around the time the recession was just like, you know, everything was really turned up. So you couldn't, you couldn't find a job anyway. So we said, what the heck, let's just go out and play music. And uh, gas was four fifty a gallon. So we couldn't, um, you know, in, in the Midwest, even yeah. it was more expensive in major cities. So we, uh, we were like, there's no, there's no jobs out there. Let's just go have fun and, and see uh, where this takes us. But really like the biggest lessons in life I got were from playing music and being on the road with my buddies and just having fun. So you were never in the marching band at Penn, is that right? No, I was not. Like I, uh, I never went to a football game. Mm. Um, I think I went to uh, I went to prom one time because my girlfriend at the time's mom bought me my uh, my tux. Uh, otherwise, I wasn't going to go because I, I would rather use that money on drumsticks and and you know <laughs> uh, food when I was playing shows over the weekends. But yeah, yeah, true musician true musician uh, brandon i think that the thumbnail picture for this episode has to be your uh emo bang hair oh yes absolutely it better <laughs> yeah. be well you gotta have the look you know and uh <laughs> uh you know at the time you know it was just it was a little punk rock but, you know, I, I still you know i still am uh, i still am I, now i just kind of flip my bangs up a little bit but if That's i were to let them drop down i might you know, I might look like uh, AFI or My Chemical Romance or something like that. Blink-182 again. Nice. <laughs> so, Brandon, how did you decide what industry you wanted to pursue as a career? Love it. Yeah. I uh, When we were playing shows, uh, like I mentioned, just we just we were never making any money. It was just like enough to get to the next city or the next town or whatever. And so we didn't have the money to hire artists to make our album artwork or concert flyers or at the time like myspace was the big thing and you could design your own myspace layout 
but what I realized is that what I was really spending a lot of my time doing was designing. Like I was creating, I was creating merchandise. I was trying to drive demand for our music. I was, um, I was promoting what we were doing uh, just to a, a wide variety of audiences. And then, you know, meeting people all over the country and uh, trying to sell them on what we were doing. And uh, I quickly realized, like my mom would always tell me, you need to have a, bla- a backup plan, you know? Uh, the music's not going to last forever. So what I did was uh, I, I started going, man, I'm, I'm really into this design thing. And I started taking a lot of freelance work on the road to pay my cell phone bill. And so that's when I went into like marketing, visual communication, yeah. design, digital, mark, you know, all that stuff. And that's where I really said, Here, th- this is something I feel like I naturally do. And, uh, and I gave it a shot. Uh, tell us about some of your previous positions before coming to Notre Dame, but sort of when you entered that marketing sphere. Sure. I went to uh, an advertising agency in Edwardsburg, Michigan called Firevine and uh, went in with a portfolio on a cold call and basically told them, hey, I, wanna, I just want an internship here. And they said, well, hey, we need a designer. We'll just hire you full time. And uh, this place was uh, this they're so they're so talented the other designers they were just so gifted and um they had this motto that was like brandon don't tell us when it's done tell us when it's great and so deadlines were important but everything had to be better than everything else and it really really pushed me to like just have more vision rather than just make things and think about like this this has to look amazing but it has to work because we're delivering these you know these campaigns or these designs or these websites or this marketing collateral to clients that want to see return on their investment and so uh you know i learned a ton at that same time my sister had a company in chicago called soldier straps they make Mm -hmm. handmade um guitar straps and musical instrument straps for the top musicians in the world um uh, taylor swift just wore her stuff at the grammys aerosmith um i mean you name it and uh her business was blowing up and she said i need somebody to come here and help me with e-commerce marketing sales and so i moved to chicago and i worked for her and her company and you know i just did everything i i swept the floors i helped make guitar straps i learned how to use sewing machines even though i was horrible at it um, and then when things were caught up, I'd jump on a flight and, uh, go to a big market and just go door to door selling their guitar straps to like mom and pop guitar stores who had never heard of their product. And we just, it was kind of like guerrilla marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it worked. I had to come home with a stack of checks to keep my job. Wow. So it was wow. fun. <laughs> so then transitioning to campus here, what brought you to Notre Dame? Mm one of the best journeys in my life. I get this call on my birthday from uh, this guy named Jim Small, who's talking a million (laughs) miles a minute. And he's telling me about, you know, like uh, we're looking for someone that can X, Y, Z, and we need someone here that can do this and that. And I, and I was like, Hey, I'll come meet you. Cause I was thinking at the time, like I live in the city here in Chicago, I'm having a great time. Maybe this could be like a good freelance opportunity for me. And I showed up to campus and I met, um, amazing people like, you know, Jim Small, Julia Sama. Uh, I ended up meeting Shannon Cullen in, in that process. Uh, and uh, 
and many others and realized that this was more than just like a, a, a freelance opportunity. Like I could work at Notre Dame, which I never in my life thought of. And, you know, I felt like such an outcast at mm. the beginning. I felt like this black sheep. I was like, I'm this guy with tattoos in the music industry from the city. I just don't have the same pedigree as a lot of people that I would think would be here, at least from what I knew of Notre Dame. And their message to me was always, we, we want you to be you. That's why we called you. It, like, it, it, it has meant so much to me that that's how I was treated as what I felt like was an outsider and just welcomed in with open arms and just told to be myself. Wow. Uh, that's what Notre Dame has been for me in my almost nine years here. And it proves itself that it's that every day, which when, when someone gives that to you, like, how do you not show up every day with a, you know, with a fire inside you to just, to just give them more than they gave to you, or at least try to. That's great. I love that. Yeah. Well, speaking of uh, first impressions, uh, Brandon, you were actually one of the first people I ever met at Notre Dame uh, because we both worked on the storytelling and engagement team <laughs> uh, under Jim Small. Shout yep. out to Jim. Uh, so what lessons did you learn specifically from that position that you've taken into your current role? Oh, everything. I mean, every person on that team taught me so much. You know, first of all, like just Jim's, you know, know your audience, um, really getting you to think about that. And like, what are the walkaways? And he taught us so many lessons that he, he would quiz me and make it make me write it on a board just to make sure that I was paying attention. And I had forgotten so much of this stuff. And I it finally clicked. It's like he's dropping nuggets of truth on me that I need to just retain. And and I've and I have found over time that, uh, you know, knowing your audience, knowing knowing the message that you want to send to like, you know, what do you want them to walk away thinking, feeling or doing? What are the channels you're using to to reach them? How do you define a great success from whatever you're trying to do? And what are the stories you tell these people? to make them think, feel, or do. I mean, I'm, I'm just wrapping that all up. Like that is the, that is the foundation of a lot of what I do. And he, and he never told me it would be, but I just really one day just started paying attention going, my gosh, I can learn a lot. And then the writers uh, in storytelling, I'm not, I never thought I was a strong writer, but you know, looking back now, going over these major gift proposals and having like grace like you or or david or you know others that came before you folks like sit over my shoulder and ask me to make grammatical corrections or change this word to that or let's spin it this way you know i paid attention that whole time and i learned so much um and i'm happy i did and a lot of times i'm like i miss it because i i still need that like it was so valuable um learning from jim Gaz, you know just great human mm -hmm. um great designer great perspective father ralph you know just like a lot of the you know where to how to keep your heart in the right place but still have fun you know he's a goof he's a goofball which i love <laughs> i mean I, I i don't think any anything i've done at notre dame it's not because of me it's just because i've been surrounded by just people that have always been better than me and i've just tried to learn from them and pay attention and backing up to the pre notre dame uh, Brandon, where did you live in Chicago? Just curious. Uh, Logan Square. So oh, I was sure. near the corner of uh, um, Armitage and California. Yep. 
I know exactly where that is. And there's a there's a, a little uh, ice cream shop there called the Tasty Freeze. <laughs> and uh, it was great because ice cream cones were a dollar and you could get like the nastiest little cheeseburger for like a dollar twenty five, which is about all the money I had to spend for a meal anyway. Yep. So it was it was great. <laughs> That's all you needed. <laughs> That's right. So, Brandon, what does a typical day look like for you in your current role? Um, just trying to support others, really. I, I spend a lot of time just uh, chatting with uh, um, our teams just to see, uh, you know, what, what roadblocks are in their way. What, you know, what do I have the ability to influence or change or clear the path on? You know, I work, I talk to Brian Biss and uh, Pablo, Jim Small a lot just for guidance on how should we handle this? How should we approach that? And then, um, you know, one of my favorite things is I, I just, I love when the team says, hey, Brandon, we got this big challenge. Um, we got this thing we got to figure out and we get to just build new solutions that um, we've never had solutions for uh, before. So our day to day is a lot of just get stuff done, but we also have the privilege of working on big visionary crazy stuff. Like we've been given that permission to like, hey, if you can think of a wild idea and can find a way to execute it and you think it's gonna work, we are all in. Nice. And so um, I love looking at other companies, software, um, new tools on the internet, systems, processes. I'm just looking at that stuff all the time going, how do we do this at Notre Dame? Oh, this is sweet. Maybe we could use it that way, you know? And maybe it could do this for us. Maybe we can cut this, this workflow in half if we tried it this way. And so we just try crazy stuff. Well, I remember specifically an example of that, like maybe three or four months ago when, when you uh, mentioned how Google is going with the hybrid approach to work, you know, bringing people back to the office. Um, yeah. And you you knew that because you were researching it. And it's just something that you do, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's just our it's just our DNA. Well, Brandon, it, it's clear you have a lot of love and a lot of pride in your team that you lead. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about uh, your team and how you collaborate with one another? I always try to use this metaphor that we have this tool belt around our waist and we have to solve the problems that get thrown our way. And the best way to do that is to make sure you have the best tools on your belt. You know, we, we, we just spend a lot of time just learning and, and, and honing our processes and finding improvements um, over and over and over again. And then the other thing is we have this rule, uh, best idea wins. We've just got a lot of great collaboration across the team and everybody gets to spit out ideas and there's no, there's no dumb idea. And so I find that uh, people speak up a lot and we, we all benefit from it. So it's, it's seriously, it's like a, it's a, it's a thrill. I love coming to work every day because of that. Mm. You know, Brandon, I think we're better colleagues and better workers here at the university or, or anywhere, really, when you're motivated and inspired by something. When it comes to you, what motivates you and inspires you in the work that you do? The work that we do here in development at Notre Dame, you can see, you get to see the benefit of that work in the, the places that are built, but more importantly, the, the people that are built here. You know, like I love seeing the meeting of freshmen and you see someone come in and they felt like I did, you know, on day one at Notre Dame, like I'm a black sheep. Do I belong? I'm different than other people here. And 
four years later, they are confident and they're still themselves. And they're just like, Notre Dame just empowers people to be the best version of themselves. I'm so motivated by, by what Notre Dame did for me and what it does for other people that I can't, I just can't slow down. You know, I can't stop fighting every day to keep this going. Uh, so I think that's what motivates me. And I, I got this advice from Shannon Cullinan once that he said, um, you know, you have the opportunity to influence how someone goes home at the end of the day. You know, are they happy? Are they fulfilled, inspired? Or are they beaten up, frustrated, angry? And I think about that all the time. And so there's days that are hard, but like how can, and that's always gonna happen. And so I'm super motivated to just make sure that like everyone that I interact with, that I make their day better because I was in it. Mm. Great advice. And I think that something for managers and non-managers, right? Everybody has the opportunity to impact somebody's day in a positive way. 100%, 100%. Well, so Brandon, um, knowing a, a, a little about your work when you were with storytelling and then uh, your current position, obviously very fast paced, lots of different stuff coming at you. So how do you balance having those really high quality standards with also being efficient and being nimble? Sure. I, I think first thing we do is we define the standard of excellence and, and the standard of excellence, we just say is Notre Dame. You know, is this something, would Notre Dame sign off on this? So that, that means the standard is really high. And so from there, we have to build a system that allows us to get there rapidly and often. So for us, it's like a lot of process development that requires a lot of feedback between our teams and collaboration ongoing. And, and as soon as a process is set, we look to make a better process on top of it. And uh, we're constantly changing things. And our team knows all too well, we roll out ideas. And then a month later, we change it because we found a better way. We found a better way again. And we found a better way again. And we always say we can't apologize for that because it's the, it's the right thing to do. So I would say simple answer is set a standard and build a system. You know, we talked about the whole uh, working remotely, you know, for night for 14 months now. It's been crazy. Uh, how has the transition to remote work been for you, both as an individual and as a manager? I've, I've enjoyed it. Uh, I've enjoyed it. I like being able to do the laundry over lunch, although it seems like we don't get too many lunch breaks anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like the only time that's available on someone's calendar is during lunch. So you got to grab it when you can. But, you know, it's uh, everybody's just rallied to make it work. And I think everyone's done an incredible job. And, and sure, I think I'm like everybody else. You know, I appreciate the extra family time. I, I, mm. I'm, I'm closer to my kids' daycare at the end of the day, so I get to pick them up every day, which is fun. So they can go, you know, dad's here. Yeah. Uh, which is just so fun to get. I, I didn't get that before. But, yeah, like, it's, it's been fun. There's days when I, I realize I haven't left the house, you know, to go anywhere in like five days and I start to go crazy. So, um, you know, if I can get to Lowe's or Menards on the weekend, it's usually, it's usually makes me feel a little better. But, Bed, bath and beyond. Yeah, well, honestly, I, Target and Costco and, and whoever put those two right next to each other, I mean, they knew they were coming for our wallets. Oh yeah, no doubt. That's a, that's a dangerous combination. <laughs> 
you know, Brandon, earlier you talked about picking up the boys from uh, from their school, and I, I have enjoyed that as well. Uh, just living close to where my, my youngest daughter goes to school, I'm able to just swing by and pick her up and then come back home and, and uh, pick up where I left off with some work, and that's one of the benefits of working remotely. But can you tell us a bit, little bit about your family? Yeah, so I've got a wife, uh, Emily, and uh, she's over at, she works at South Bend Clinic. She's actually been in the office through the whole wow. uh, pandemic. So, and then my kids are at either preschool or daycare during the day. I've got a, a son, Landon, who is four, mm-hmm. and Nash, who is a year and a half old. And uh, so I'm at home with my dog, Georgia, all day. And it's just us oh. arguing with each other, you know? She barks at the Amazon delivery people and the, uh, the, the mailman. And so I've got to try to schedule like important meetings where I can't have a dog barking like at the right time. But yeah, I, uh, my family's, they're my, they're my everything. And, um, and my two boys are, uh, you know, they're becoming like real people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It, it, they're, they're developing personalities and they have the things that they like and that they don't like. So it's it's just great. Please give. Are, are, oh, I was just gonna say, please give Georgia a double handshake for me. I miss seeing her. Oh yeah, she's she's the most human dog. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> uh, so in in addition to music, what are some other things that you like to do outside of work? Ooh, cut my grass. Cutting my grass. Nice. You know, killing weeds, planting grass seed. Uh, I am. I'm a lawn fanatic. I, I say that because I, I can see it uh, out my window all day, and I'm always worried about it. So I, honestly, I just I love doing mindless stuff that doesn't take a lot of thinking, like cutting my grass. Nice. Um, and uh, I also bought a, a skateboard recently, so I'm trying to get back into that in my driveway. And I have not fallen yet. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> but, That's good. No, my wife said, my wife said no kickflips, and I know that because – uh, I can't play my drums if I have a broken ankle. That's so, true. Really, if I can balance on it, my kids are impressed, and that's good enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> I've been meaning to send you an email, by the way, regarding the lawn care about a product called Hydratane that keep, that's, that sucks the moisture out of the air when it's, like, humid and, and feeds the soil so your grass yeah. remains thick and, 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 and wet, you know? <laughs> I love it. Yes. Yeah, so. James and I... Uh, have uh, many a lawn care conversation. That's right. That's such a bad thing. I feel. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> and it's almost like a rite of passage. To be honest, I bought a pair of Crocs, uh, so they're my grass cutters. Yeah. You know, because uh, that way you can get them wet. It doesn't matter. It's a. It's an awesome shoe. Yep. It really is. And they're super comfy. They are comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we need to play the Twilight Zone music, but it's the dad zone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And long hair. <laughs> yeah, but honestly, like, and in the same way, like, cutting my grass, I like vacuuming, too. I like washing dishes, and mm. honestly, I've got a bit of OCD, so I'm always cleaning stuff, and uh, my wife's always telling me, she's like, you're obsessed and you're crazy, you need to stop it, and I just tell her, I was like, hey, you know, we all benefit from it. You know what I haven't seen you do in a long time, actually, because I guess we haven't been rehearsing for uh, with the band, but cleaning your watch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Brandon would take off his watch and just clean it inside and outside on both sides. 
Yeah, you don't want the fingerprints on your watch face, you know? That's right. It's important. That's another thing. That's another OCD thing is glass. I, uh, and living with two kids, you know, the, the fingerprints everywhere. That's one thing I'm really trying to, mm. like, beat out of my head is that it's okay for glass to be dirty. Um, and I know I'm making myself sound like a crazy person. <laughs> I promise it's just a little more obsessive than normal. Um <laughs> But I'm not hiding it. I, there is a little obsession there. <laughs> you know, something use else. The sound effects, James. That's right. Oh, okay. got to use them. Got to use them. Something else that we uh, share, Brandon, is our love for our Chicago Bears. So Ooh. what are your thoughts on the Bears draft picks this year? Ooh. Mm. Ooh. Justin Fields. <laughs> yeah. He's coming home. <laughs> He's coming home, James. That's right. Oh. Man, it's like I I told Jim Small and Brian this for years. If the Bears go to the Super Bowl, regardless, if you don't hear from me, I will not be in for two days after. I will either be celebrating or crying in my bedroom. <laughs> Just count on me not being around. Yep. I, it's a team I love so much, but the decision-making sometimes by the front office and the general management, it's been so poor. And here we go, mm-hmm. Justin Fields. We, ha- we could have the quarterback of the future. We sure could. Oh, my gosh. It's like I bought Mitch Trubisky, who, if you don't follow the Bears, we drafted him at number two in 2017. I bought his jersey the day that he got the, – the day after he got drafted. Wow. And he didn't work out. So I am waiting to buy Justin Fields' jersey uh, and, uh, once he finally starts because i got this superstition. But to answer your question, mm-hmm. I feel great. I feel mm-hmm. hopeful. Uh, tickets go on sale soon. I hope I'm there. I didn't quite like him when he played for the Ohio State Buckeyes and Grace. I know <laughs> Grace being a Michigan fan, you probably didn't either. But now I think I'll, I'll, I'll show him a little respect. <laughs> well, so maybe, hey, maybe Justin Fields is the answer to this last question. But um, what is something coming up this year, either professional or personal, that you're looking forward to? It's not coming up yet, but I hope to go on a vacation. Oh, I really yes. do. Yes. I just want we haven't gone anywhere with the kids in so long and uh they they're so they're so used to like sleeping in bed and their routine. If we were to stay in a hotel for one night over the weekend, they lose their mind. <laughs> so, um I just want to break the routine and just, you know, just go somewhere on a beach, get some sun, uh, you know, drink a margarita mm. and uh, you know, go swimming, throw the kids in the pool, splish splash. Yep. And uh, just have fun, you know, just just to kind of celebrate what, what we hope to be is the end of this coronavirus. That's right. Definitely. Well, Brandon, we're almost out of time here. Uh, before we let you go, we've got a quick take five for you. So are you ready? I don't think I'm ready. Too uh, bad. <laughs> okay, give it to me. Give it to me. Let's go. All right. Here we go. Funniest song to perform. It's Wipeout because James and I are. We do a drum battle. Yes. And, and it's it's unpredictable. We do the silliest stuff to each other and uh, it, we just laughing the whole time. Just It's it's so much fun. Nice. Uh, and, and sometimes, you know, we're just screaming at each other, we eat burgers. Yes, we eat burgers. That's what we do. <laughs> it's just our thing. So. <laughs> Grace uh, is like, okay. <laughs> I don't know if that's another dad's own thing. I'm no, we, we we were both starving, and we had to hit the stage really fast one night for a show, and I had this burger, 
and we were we were sharing a burger while we were playing um, the same burger uh, <laughs> while we're playing. And so, you know, it's just silly stuff. Just silly but, stuff. Uh, it's, you know, we've got this bond. We're bonded by burger. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, favorite moment with ND development? Uh, so many, but I'll say when, when we watched Rudy, when we did that like debut of CCP and we, uh, we, we, uh, watched Rudy in the stadium. I started crying when he, when Rudy walked out in, into the field, uh, mm. when we were watching on the big screen, cause I was like, that was right there. Like we are here, we're living it. This place is a pilgrimage for people here. We are felt so happy, very special moment. Rudy starring James Riley. Hey. Do, 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 do. Always got to plug that. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Best meal you've ever eaten. Burgers. Oh, Portillo's. Every time I go to Portillo's, it's the best meal. <laughs> Two Chicago hot dogs, uh, crinkle cut, French fries. Mm. Sometimes you got to go with the single dog with the uh, um, Italian beef with hot peps. Oh, yeah. But always the best meal. Nice. I, I have to tell you, Brandon, every time my family goes to Portillo's, somehow it always becomes like, oh, I bet Brandon would like this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your name has become synonymous with Portillo's. If you try anything on that menu and 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 you will find that it's the best you've ever had. Chicken tenders, they're almost, they, they could maybe beat Martin's chicken tenders. Mm. I mean, nice they are something. fantastic. The burgers there, speaking of burgers, mm. still the charbroiled. They're legit. Uh, so that's my Portillo's plug. Uh, favorite spot on campus? The Grotto. Uh, proposed to my wife there. We oh. got our wedding photos taken there. Um, I, I love everything about the Grotto. Best concert you've ever been to? Ooh, oh, my gosh. Uh, sure you've been to a lot. Is, that, is, uh, that is, James, I am not ready for that. Okay. How are you going to stump me live on the show like that? <laughs> <laughs> Why you going to do that to me? I thought you were going to say, like, oh. Blink-182. Oh. Uh, uh, yeah, Blink that's a hard one. Newfound Glory. Um, I, I keep going back to this. I, I saw, I grew up listening to Soundgarden. Mm-hmm. Uh, that album, Super Unknown, with Black Hole Sun on it. Oh, yeah. And I was at Lollapalooza one year when they, like, returned for the first time in you know, however many years. And I got to watch uh, them play that whole album. That was super, uh, that was super duper cool. But uh, yeah, I've been to, a, I've been to a bunch of stuff and you like something different about, about all of them. That's right. Wow. Good answer. Sorry to stump you, but good answer. No yeah, doubt. Yeah, you know, I'm easily <laughs> stumped. We know that. <laughs> well, Brandon, we've got to let you go. And I'm not going to say this podcast is done. I'm going to say it's, when it's great. When it's great. That's right. I'm not going to say this podcast is done. I'm going to say it's great. It's been nice to hear from you and hear about your your Notre Dame story. Thanks for all that you do for our team, and we look forward to seeing you again, sir. Hey, thank you so much. And hey, hats off to both of you for this amazing podcast. You are you are professionals. You are elite, and uh, I appreciate you both greatly. Oh, we appreciate Thanks, you Brandon. too, BT. Thank you. Man. <laughs> thank you. Well. So, James, after this interview, I think we definitely need to have a WURX session that is mid-2000s pop-punk themed. Um, that's definitely in order, I think. I like it. Interesting. Do you have a, a playlist ready to go? Oh, yeah. We can just use all my burn CDs from middle school. Um, and I got the perfect jam to start with. 
Oh, I like it. I like Ooh. it. Mid 2000s punk pop themed. <laughs> pop punk. <laughs> Well, folks, thanks for listening to the Grace of Giving podcast. I'm James Riley. And I'm Grace Brasinski. And this has been the Grace of Giving. Thanks so much for listening. And remember, stay Stay golden. golden.